God cannot be a silent partner in your business. If I just think I have social hour with God, that that's not working for me. I'm desperate for my business partner. I I am I'm desperate to be led by him. You're listening to Marketplace Ministry, a podcast for Christian entrepreneurs that looks at business through a biblical lens. Your business is a calling, and when you do it according to God's principles, it is an act of worship and brings glory and honor to him. Let's get into the show. This is Marketplace Ministry, where we focus on examining business through a biblical lens. Today, I'm joined by Andrea Herrick. Andrea is a writing coach and book editor at The Final Draft, specializing in fantasy and Christian literature. Through a combination of resources— collaboration, and critical analysis, Andrea will help you improve all aspects of your manuscript, from foundation to the details to the big picture. She knows exactly when to add pressure and when to lean into encouragement to bring out your best and see your skills and confidence grow. Her goal is to help you refine your vision so you can share your story with readers and leave a lasting impression. Andrea, I am so thrilled to have you here today on Marketplace Ministry. Welcome to the show. Thanks so much, Jason. I'm super excited to be here, and I'm thrilled to be able to talk to your audience today. Thanks for having me on. My pleasure. So you are a writing coach. May I ask, when did you first realize that your gift was in writing? Okay, so I fell in love with writing in middle school. I was a total bookworm in middle school. I read anything and everything. Um, and that I, I guess that kind of led into experiencing writing for myself. So I made an attempt at writing my, my first book in like sixth grade or something. I, I made a go of it. Um, I put it to rest with, with love and kindness now, but Um, All my friends were trying to write their own books. We were just experimenting with what what fantasy is, what literature looks like, how to create worlds and characters and plots. Um, So it was definitely middle school when I discovered the creativity of writing. Although I do have evidence, I do have some stories I wrote as a child. So I think the thread has always been there. And I really just jumped on it and kind of staked it as my own in middle school. That's exciting. So you started, that passion started back when you were in middle school, and now today you are an editor and a writing coach. Can you tell us a little bit about how you started working with authors and how many have you worked with to help them get published? Yeah, so I kind of bumbled into this. This is what I've always wanted to do. I always wanted to be a book editor, but actually getting started was a little serendipitous my one of my good friends had a friend of a friend that had a book he wanted it looked at um and she also studied um english and publishing in in college so she was busy so she passed it along to me she said do do you want to work with this guy and i said yes i do so that was at least 4 years ago by now i think and he had a really rough draft And I read it and um, I discovered later on that what the process was I was working with him through was called coaching. 
Um, I thought it was editing. I thought it was maybe developmental editing, but the, the depth that we were going into to really build his writing skill, because he was not a writer by nature, this was his first foray into any sort of fiction writing or any writing at all, that teaching him the methods of good writing, what makes up a quality book in his genre, and all those kinds of conventions of what a fiction book should look like. I I was teaching him that step by step by step. So I've been working with writers for about four years. And so far, two of them have published. I've worked on a children's book. And I worked with a writer very, very closely on his nonfiction. It's a Christian tribute to his wife who passed away. And so we worked very, very closely from basically stage one, first draft all the way through the end of his book. So those are the two that are out right now and that are finished and published and out in the world. What was the process like working with him on on such a an emotional book? It definitely requires a lot of compassion and tenderness. I had to remember because it was so personal and quite fresh to be honest. My nature sometimes is just kind of tromps in and identify what needs fixing and change this and switch this around and rewrite this. And it really made me pause a lot of the time and look at what is working and make sure we're focusing on the technical writing that needs to be adjusted and the structure of the storytelling to make sure that I was not or didn't come across as attacking the story itself. And so um, it was a lot of open conversation. We did a lot of, um, I I like to chat regularly with my writers in a face-to-face or a phone call just to check in. It gives us time to talk over things that are more complex than, than really you can have a good conversation over any sort of email or messaging or something. I really prefer synchronous conversations over asynchronous whenever I can. So we just walked the process, we eased into it, and we focused on creating, we had to figure out what his point was. He wanted to tell this story, and then to what end, what was the point for the readers in the end, because he didn't want this to just be an exercise of journaling for himself. He wanted to share something Um, and kind of have a so what to readers. So we had to go through a few different theses to discover what is the ultimate so what, and how can we make sure that the story of his wife's cancer journey was, and her faith walk through that, was the main focus and not buried under layers of jargon and lessons and morals. Instead, have a framework of that that's supporting the story and allowing that to really speak through to readers. And it certainly spoke to me. So we knew that she has an amazing story that now is being shared with the world. And it's certainly Jesus in that story that's showing through. And we wanted to make sure we uncovered that and didn't bury it under format and structure and and just unnecessary fluff. So it was a lot of just tenderly peeling away layers. It was a lot of asking for vulnerability. And my author was so brave and 
willing to step into the vulnerability with me and for his readership. And that's what writing takes is bearing your soul to perfect strangers across the world who are going to end up reading your work. If if you can't afford to be vulnerable, even to yourself in your first draft on paper, you, you risk that your readers will never understand, that they will never be able to really see in to what you mean and what you're trying to communicate, you're, and you're limiting the message that you can get across. And that goes for fiction and nonfiction and poetry. You just have to be able to be, just just really lay your soul bare. It requires vulnerability is what you're saying. And I imagine that's not an easy thing for most people when they they start on that journey of writing if they if they've never been a writer before i'm i'm assuming that most people who are writers in their nature that they've been gifted by god to do that that they don't have a problem with that but then people who they have a story that they want to tell it might be difficult for them to express that vulnerability is that right i think what the difference is is in the in practice writing requires practice just like any other field of of career or or skill you have to work at it and so perhaps people who quote unquote have a gift of writing maybe they've been playing around with it for longer i've been playing with story writing since i was a child i made a go at it in middle school writing a story i also you know, scribbled down a bunch of short stories and I experimented in my craft. There's a lot that's not good, but I, I went through the, the phases of trying things and pulling inspiration and trying, you know, new things that I learned because I was inspired or I, I learned a new technique or a new skill. So people who approach wanting to write a book because they have this idea, they have a story to share, they have information to share, but they've never done it before. They just don't have the same amount of practice that somebody who's been writing for themselves for 20 years and is finally ready to produce their first novel has. So I don't know that it's so much of an inability or an inability to be vulnerable. It's just, have you been practicing? Do you journal? You know, do you write out your prayers? Do you write essays or articles in your technical field or something? Even any form of writing, um, I think, lends itself to being a better writer. So it's practice. That's what it comes down to. And so you've been helping people with with writing for about four years. Uh, is that when you started your business or did you start it a little bit later as an official business? So. The final draft came about in officially the website launched in March of 2021. So it's been live on the internet for just over a year. I was working with writers in more like a, I would say a hobby type business way. I was getting paid, but not really, you know, making an effort of it to be serious as a business. I was doing that for a few years. But my background in working with writers extends further back. When I started college, I my first job was as a writing tutor in the community college's writing center. So we called ourselves student writing consultants. 
And we were trying to disengage the the hierarchy of knowledge by avoiding tutor and tutti as a way of, I hold the knowledge and I'm giving it back to you. And instead being a consultant, we were there creating shared knowledge. It's a lot of what you talk about, Jason, when you talk about kind of that mastermind setting. So the tutoring space I was kind of brought up in was all about collaborating to create new knowledge together. So I was working with writers on academic essays, primarily, Mm -hmm. almost exclusively. Um, And I did that for three years before I transferred into my four-year university. Um, And that was really where I understood my passion for working one-on-one with an individual, helping them kind of stand on their own two feet, absorb the identity as writer because they thought they weren't writers. And I'm like, you're writing an essay. Guess what? That makes you a writer. Seeing light bulbs turn on as they finally clicked with something, just helping them walk their own process of creation, even in an academic setting, even in technical writing, when maybe there isn't as much creativity involved. So that's really where my start began. I just have such great memories, and I know that's where my compassion was built. And I'm so thankful for the training I received in that writing center because it I think it was special. They really did a good job of preaching agency, something so important when we work with writers or when we when we're coaching in any field is that the person receiving instruction or coaching or editing retains agency over themselves, over their work, over their creative um, ideas, Mm -hmm. that they get to have the final say. They're receiving advice and instruction, and it's coming from a professional place. It's coming from a place of higher knowledge, but ultimately, the work is yours. You get to decide. Do I want to make this change? Do I like what I'm receiving? Would I rather work with somebody different? Would I rather take it down this path instead? And so I want all of my writers to experience, whether we ever label it to each other or not, I want them to experience that agency, that ownership of my work is mine and my editor never crossed that boundary. She always supported me and led me, but she never took over the reins and did it, especially without my permission. I love that. I love how you talk about agency and how you're there to support. And I see that when you talk about helping other people, it just lights you up. And you brought up Jesus a little while ago about how bringing him into the picture of of the story that you were telling for the gentleman to pay homage to his wife. And I want to talk about that today. I want to talk about how God is your business partner. Can you tell me about a time when in your business you forgot to include Jesus as your business partner? Let's say the whole first year in business. (laughs) (laughs) I, I had this new realization in January, you know, when we're all reflecting on resolutions and setting new goals and you know, shaking up the way we're going to be this year. 
I realized I had been failing to truly include God in what I was doing. I was praying about my business, sort of. I, I was more praying for, I was praying for provision. I was praying, you know, for the normal things that we pray for. I was praying for blessings. I was praying that God would help me, but I wasn't, it was like, you know, it's kind of like when you go to church on Sunday and then you leave those doors and you forget everything that just happened the whole service long and you forget the whole sermon and you just go and live life and you're just going, going, going. And then it's back on Sunday and you go, oh yeah, I haven't talked to God all week. Why do you think that happens? I think it's a lack of intentionality. I mm. think um, for me, it's, it certainly has just been unawareness. Mm. It, it's been a lack of discipline. Um, and, and we, in my small group, we talk all the time about, you know, setting aside time with the Lord and time to read your Bible is important. Sometimes, especially early on, it comes in the form of checking the box. We don't, we want to move away from that into building relationship. But initially, if you got to sit down for five minutes so that you can check your box, but you're in the word, you're taking the first step. And God can still impact you with five minutes of being in the word whether your heart is really in it, whether your mind is distracted, God's not. He's there and he can change your distractions. He can take them away. He can focus your mind. He can open your spirit to receiving. So it's starting a habit and sometimes you just got to do it because you're supposed to do it because you said you were going to do it because it's a task on your to-do list and you got to check it off. Mm. And maybe starting out, that's how it feels. And you, five minutes, I prayed, okay, I, I acknowledged the living God in my life today. I'm moving on. But over time, you think about him again. And at lunchtime, you go, oh, yeah, hey, God, how's it going? Thanks for my morning. Wow, it's been a great morning. I almost forgot to even praise you today. And then pretty soon you're thinking about God at bedtime and you're going, wow, God, you know, it was a beautiful day. I had a lot of struggles today, but you got me through. And man, that sunshine that I was able to walk around at lunchtime for 15 minutes. Wow. That felt amazing. I felt so rejuvenated. Thank you, Lord. Mm. And sometimes maybe it doesn't feel great. And you can talk to God about it and you go, man, God, I am in the dumps. I am struggling whether it's with myself or with someone I'm working with or it's thoughts in my head or if it's just situations in my life that are washing on my shores. And if you just get in the habit of starting to talk to God, you're building relationship. And then eventually you get to talk to God all day long. You remember to talk to God all day long. I have scripture written all over my my computer monitors, I have sticky notes everywhere, all these scriptures that have been so important to me throughout time. And every one of these has gotten me through several struggles, difficult situations, or, or periods of wrestling with waiting 
being in the waiting until God delivered. And they, they get better and better every time. And I get more and more hope every time. So referring to these and memorizing them and being able to cite, recite them to myself is so important. And it's so yeah. important getting back around to being in our business. Jason, you and I have talked previously about speaking life into ourselves and into our business. And we can choose to speak life or we can choose to speak death. And I don't know that there's a neutral ground. That is good because you're absolutely right. It's it's what are you speaking? And even when the when the Israelites were assembled, and I think it was Joshua, I, I can't remember if it was Joshua or Moses, but he said, today I place before you life and death, blessing and cursing. And then God mm. gives us a clue as to which one to pick. He says, choose life. <laughs> right. Because we weren't smart enough to pick that one ourselves. He, right. he actually said, choose life. And then later in Proverbs, it says that the power of life and death are in the tongue. And so whatever it is that you're speaking, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Well, how? Do, what's in your heart? How do you get it there? It's what are you consuming? What are you meditating on? And, and I'm not saying consuming as in like eating food. I'm talking about consuming media. What are you what are you watching on TV? What are you listening to on the radio? What are you taking in through social media? And is it a thought that's a helpful thought? Or is it one that's going to damage you? We have to be very mindful about who we are listening to because whoever has your ear has your heart or has your life. We have to be careful who we're listening to. Yeah. And when you talk about speaking life and speaking death, we have to be mindful that we're speaking what God is speaking. He said yeah. we are created in his image and in his likeness. And so that means we can speak things. This isn't name it and claim it for those of you who are listening. We're not we're saying you can just have whatever you want because that's not what the Bible mm -hmm. says. The Bible says that you can have whatsoever you believe. That's what Jesus said. He told his disciples, if you believe that you say to this mountain, be thou removed and cast into the sea, and you don't doubt in your heart, but you believe it, then you can have whatever you say. At my church, our, our pastor uses the phrase muscling it, which is when we ignore God, we fail to involve God, we don't turn to the word, and we just try to bear down and push through by our own power and our own will. And usually, aka always, that doesn't work out. God didn't intend us to function autonomously. We were created for relationship with our creator. And so he wants us to turn into him and he's created that cavern in our soul and in our in our spirit to turn to him to crave him and he fills that uh, and then he leads us he's our shepherd and he will guide us tenderly and with discipline when necessary and so my first year in business I was actually complacent rather rather than muscling it, I think, because things were going well. I had clients. I had work I was doing. I was working with people. Things were going fine, but I wasn't, 
I still wasn't involving God, even on the mountain. And, and isn't that usually when we mm, forget to turn right. around and look at him, um, to look up when we're on the mountaintop. So when I hit a landslide and business fell out from under me in quarter four, I went to the valley and I looked up and I went, well, where are you? <laughs> and and uh, I think God might have been going, where have you been? <laughs> because I've been here because I am who I am. You're the one who's been wandering around thinking you could do it yourself. Ouch. Um, and I've always wondered if I, I've always wondered if that was a little bit of discipline as much as I, you know, as no, nobody likes discipline, discipline is never pleasant at the time, but I just wonder if that was just a little bit of God going, you can't do this by your own power. You cannot build a business on your own. People will not come. I am not that great. <laughs> that people come in hordes for me to coach them and edit their books or whatever skill I can put over them. I'm not that great. I'm little Alandria from little Midtown USA. Just not going to happen. It's only by God's power and by his will and by his provision that I have anything, whether it's editing business or other you know, if he put something else in my path. Sure. So after, you know, having some pity party and a lot of anxiety over, you know, our financial situation, January came and I went, new year, new me, you know, that hashtag that was decades ago. And I went, I've got to come back to the Lord. I have got to re-involve him more intimately. Now I'm not perfect. I, I will say I did not have my business meeting this morning. We're a work in progress, and this is a work in progress. But I have the awareness now of what I need to be doing. And so what I told myself is, see, and it's still in my phone as, quote, unquote, God time. Mm. And I'm not taking it seriously enough, which is a detriment to an, unto itself thinking that, okay, even just having a relationship with my father is not important enough. But in terms of business, labeling it like I label my other social events throughout the week is not good enough because it's not happening. Because sometimes those don't happen. Plans change. People are unavailable. I forget to call them. What have you? I think it's interesting that you say that. You're like, with other people, they're sometimes not available. But the really interesting thing when you say that is that God is always available. That's just something that stuck out to me when you said that. I was like, oh my goodness. Yeah, we can't really compare our meetings with God like we would our our peers because God is always available. Yeah. So the, the falling short is on my end. When I'm quote unquote, not available. And I fail to pick up the phone and call God. <laughs> so I decided I need to label this a business meeting because until we all, you know, went home with, for, for COVID a couple years ago, business meetings, you know, are very prompt. They're very professional. You show up because boss is talking and, you know, you take notes and you listen and you report on what you need to do. And it, it's very structured 
it's important. You show up and you you follow the agenda and you mean business. Working from home and, and Zoom calls and the such has maybe loosened the the strictness of that. But you still have people you're accountable to. You're supposed to show up on time to your meeting. And if I just think I have social hour with God, that that's not working for me. Maybe it'll work for somebody, but it's not working for me to call it time together. I need, and I, I'm, I'm desperate for my business partner. I, I am, I'm desperate to be led by him because when I'm not, I, Jason, I am so lost on days that I fail to start my morning with ruminating on my Lord and praying and setting goals for my day with him involved, not about what Andrea thinks needs to be done, but being led into, God, how do you want my day to look? When I fail to do that, I have the most unstructured, unorganized, unproductive day of the week. You need 10 minutes to reflect on the Lord, to journal in your devotional, to pray, to look at some scripture and to be grounded again. Amen. So that you have the energy to pick up your afternoon so that your afternoon is guided and focused so that your mind is set on your tasks and has tasks. Because if I don't have tasks, (laughs) then my brain just kind of wanders around like a carefree little cloud and does nothing. So that's why claiming God as my business partner and involving him as my business partner is so critical to me. God cannot be a silent partner in your business. Mm. If you ha- if you claim to have God in your life, you claim to be a follower of Jesus and you're in business, but you're not involving him, you're muscling it. This is definitely an inspiring message that you have. And I wanted to ask you, how can people get in touch with you if they wanted to find out more information about the final draft and your coaching? My business page is on Facebook at TFD Editing. They can hit me up there. Or if they want to shoot me a message, they can find me at Andrea, A-N-D-R-E-A, at TFDEditing.com. That's my personal email. It'll come straight to me and I'd be more than happy to chat with you and see what your needs are and um, see if you would benefit from working together. Amen. And one final thing, as you've been listening to the show, uh, you know that I like to conclude our episodes with prayer. Would you mind praying us out today? Oh, Heavenly Father, thank you so much for providing this space and this opportunity to reflect on how important you are in our lives and in our businesses. God, we praise you that you lead us because we are so lost without our shepherd. So God, I pray that you would draw our hearts to you every day and not just for five minutes in the morning, Lord, nor 30 minutes in the morning, but all day long, God, that you would be drawing us back to you over and over again to just experience life with you, to experience business with you, God. 
we will find so much more peace we know when you are at the helm, when we release control to you. And so I pray that for everyone listening today that they would just release their businesses into your hands and their life situations to you in full confidence and full peace, knowing that you are in control and that nothing surprises you and that you are more than capable. You are so awesome. Thank you so much for the ways that you work in our lives, Lord. So we ask all of these things in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Andrea, so much for coming on the show today and sharing your story with us. I'm super excited that we were able to have this message, this this sobering message about the importance of including God as our business partner and taking that role seriously. Until next week, we call you to prosper and be in good health, even as your soul prospers. We hope today's message inspired you and ministered to you. Let us know if it did by joining the conversation. You can do that by connecting with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Clubhouse. All the details will be in the show notes. If we helped you today, please share this episode. Be sure to rate this podcast and leave us a review. When you do, it helps us know what content you find valuable so we can make more of it. Plus, it helps get this show in front of more listeners. So if you could leave us a rating and a review, we would greatly appreciate it. Thanks for listening. Continue to seek God first and serve his people well, and your business will prosper. In Jesus' name.